We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm Kenny Powers! All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. We are on episode six of the Eastbound and Down Rewatch, the season finale. We've, we've made it all the way with Kenny Powers, at least all the way through season one. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing a listener questions episode taking questions from the Big Screen Sports Facebook group. So if you're a member already, get those in. I'll do another post uh, sometime after this episode drops. If you aren't, go join. Uh, if you're not on Facebook because it's a cancer to society but still want to ask a question, DM me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that, that episode is going to drop a, a week after this one. Episodes of Big Screen Sports, as always, dropping every Monday. Uh, joining me today to wrap up se- season one, of Eastbound and Down, two guys who know something about taking a new job offer and right away leasing a Denali and buying a Bluetooth. It's the host of Two <laughs> Jabronis with the Wrestling Podcast, Jeremy Lawson, Ben Cruz. Guys, it's it's Eastbound and Down time. I've been chomping at the bit to join you guys on this show because when, once uh, Jeremy... Jeremy wouldn't stop talking about it on our show, first of all. <laughs> and it was, it was pissing me off. But second, I'd never seen the show. So... Both of you separately were like, dude, you got to watch the show. And I, I, I crushed it. I, I crushed it really quickly in like the past couple of days. And I'm so glad I did. And I, I'm, I can't begin to explain the excitement I'm feeling right now to talk some Kenny Powers. I mean, I'm not going to say that I haven't bought a Denali after getting a job offer. But like, it, I, I've definitely gone on a spending spree after immediately getting a job offer where I've just been like spending just an insane amount of money. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this. I did buy a Bluetooth once, but yeah. the exact same one that Kenny had. So I, I, I felt what he was doing with, uh, in the, in that exact moment. Also, I, I didn't realize that Kenny would be so like, uh, he, he know how to work electronics so well that he can get his Bluetooth to be on a big time speaker in the back of his Denali. Well, it, like, it seemed like it was like a, a quality, like, like that's something that like I would probably reach out to like Geek Squad to do, and Kenny's able to do it on his own. That was kind of surprising to me. I have questions about it. I, I I'll wait. It, okay. It's, it's on my it's on my things to talk about. So I'm glad you brought it up. I will bring I will be bringing it back up later. <laughs> okay. Awesome stuff. Well, we we've reached the end of the road for season one of Eastbound and Down. Ben, it's great to have you on to have fresh eyes on this one because this show has been in Jeremy and I's lives for over a decade. 
It's fresh to you. This is great. This, this is going to be a good time. Uh, chapter six, in the season one finale, Kenny says goodbye to his life as a school teacher and bids farewell to Dustin and his family after he's tendered a big league job offer in Tampa. This one guest starred Adam Scott and a little bit of trivia. This is a famous piece of trivia. Uh, Katie Mixon famously used a body double in that cold open. Oh, wow. Um, All right. Those were, uh, those were not <laughs> April's cans. <laughs> it was a tight shot so you could easily swap that out and i guess that makes a whole lot more sense not that i was thinking about it enough to like need this piece of trivia i'm glad i have it though i you know i, I can uh, drop that at zoom I mean, parties i mean I'm, I'm gonna say this on my run sheet for first impression of the episode i just have titties so I mean that's where it my was head the was titties at. episode. That, <laughs> yes. that so you think back to ten years ago, like a lot of people were watching this. Everyone except Ben, apparently, and apparently. and it was like a big thing because I mean I will say Katie Katie Mixon kind of brings the heat in this season, and you're you're ready yeah. for it. Uh, so it, it is a it is a big thing. Um, so leading off first impression of the episode, Jeremy, you got yours, Ben. As as a first time viewer, hit it. What is your impression of this episode? So I I thought it was a really good ending to the season. Uh, Kenny started going back to his roots. Uh, he he wasn't emo anymore. He wasn't super sad, uh, and you know just can, kind of hitting all the right notes in terms of the comedy. And then I love the ending. The ending for me really kind of like put a nice little bow on the season, uh, just because you you kind of saw really really deep down. Kenny actually might be a good dude. You, you saw flashes of it throughout the season, uh, you know, when he gives his nephews some stuff from that pod that he has of all his stuff. Like, he, you see on his face, he, like, actually kind of enjoys being around them. Uh, he, he keeps comp- he compliments uh, his brother's wife. So, but this, not taking April to Tampa when he knows there's no future there because Adam Scott's character just kind of screwed him over, essentially. Um that that was the that was what I took away from it, and I, and I guess I was probably looking at it holistically too, where it was I, I had to look at it from the whole season perspective as well, where it was like that was a nice way to kind of put a bow on it and to kind of lead into season two. Yeah, I think it's a perfect ending to the season because it, it's ambiguous. Like it, it is is very easy to believe that our time with Kenny Powers could have ended with him getting screwed out of a return to baseball and leaving April at the gas station. Like if mm-hmm. they hadn't done a season two, we. That Kenny Powers driving off into not into the like into the sunset of like you know I eighty one, heading down the coast like we we you could have reasonably believed that but it also set it up enough where you wonder what's going to happen to Kenny Powers so it was it was the perfect ending it was an excellent excellent way to to wrap up this this show uh, so let, let's get into our opening questions Ben I I want to kick to you did you have one or would you would you like me or Jeremy to go first. Oh, so I have I have three questions. Oh, per- oh the, so you're, you're prepped. You're prepped. So yeah, one: Are we sure Kenny can throw more than one pitch at 100 miles an hour? We saw <laughs> one. We saw the one that he almost murdered someone with. No evidence that he could do it again, and we're just supposed to believe that he's ready to go. That that that's my first question, and I don't know if it's answerable. My second question is: How many triathlons has Cutler run? Uh, because he he said it was a personal best, and I don't trust anyone who's run more than one triathlon. So, <laughs> already a problem. And I also wanted to know, who is Kenny's favorite student? 
by the end of his tenure. He, he identified two of them early on in the season when he failed to bench press in front of the entire class. But I feel like he, has to, he had to have made some sort of connection with someone by the end of it. So I, I just wanted to know whose favorite kid was. I don't think he knows any of their names. I think they, he, yeah. He, yeah, I think he recognizes them based off of like some feature. So that's I'm fair. sure like he calls like if there's a tubby kid in the class, I'm sure he calls him fat or something like that. Yeah, that's fair. That's because, like, like Jack he's, Black in School of Rock. He's he's calling all the kids by by nicknames that he bestows upon them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then in, in terms of his pitch, I'm sure he like he is he maxes out at maybe 10 pitches. If he's like in a in a game, he probably throws his 10 pitches and then everything just starts declining after that. I don't think he can pump out 100 miles an hour on a consistent basis. Yeah, he's in horrendous shape, and and velocity can be can be trained for, uh, can be can be learned up to a certain extent. But you do need to be in some sort of physical shape or physical condition to consistently produce that kind of velocity. I mean, I I think like a washed up old ball player who used to throw gas, like if he he trains up a lot, he he might be able to to get it up there for one pitch. But yeah, Kenny, I, Kenny can't get through an inning. That's for sure. He also has terrible form. Oh yeah, his throw. mechanics. The, the, well, that's the best awful. part. The mechanics that's the best are part of the awful. Show. He, yeah. There's, I mean, look. I guess you have to suspend disbelief for that. But there's, they couldn't CGI anything to make it look like he had more <laughs> arm power. Just come on, give me something, HBO. My God, every time he threw, I was furious because I was like, that's at least that's that's thirty miles an hour tops. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna that. say like I do wish they would like release how how hard he was actually throwing. Like I want to know what the real. Uh, with the with the real mile an hour were for those balls like i'm sure it was like 30 35 uh because his form yeah like you said is terrible see i've said this but i love that i think it's one of my favorite parts of the show and like that goes against everything i say about this podcast but it makes it even funnier that he's supposed to be throwing 100 miles an hour with his walmart glove i think that's fucking <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> uh, i had a question i had a couple questions so uh, and they're all tied to Kenny's spending spree that he has after he gets the fake deal from Tampa. One, did April's watch really cost six thousand dollars? It looks like something no you would get at like at like a Kohl's no for way. like maybe a hundred dollars. And then what's the interest rate and monthly payment for Kenny's Denali? Because he gets that as a as a two year lease. That's got to be like at least nine nine hundred dollars a month because his interest has to be god awful because there's no way in hell he has good credit. One of my questions ties into this, so I, I want to I want to tie it in. Did Kenny make a single payment on the Denali? No. No. No, he's he's running from the law at this point. As much yeah. as he's running from April. He's running from these payments, uh, <laughs> his family. So he's running from a lot of things. Because Kenny's credit has to be fucking horrible, right? Oh, it's got to be just oh, god-awful. In the shitter. It, there's no way it's good. If it's good, that would be the biggest twist of them all. M- more than him being able to throw, like figuring out his mechanics if he had good credit i'd that they should have put that in they should have like I, I think that would have been super funny just like casually drop his credit score yeah it's like 750 yeah <laughs> <laughs> paying bills motherfucker yeah. <laughs> uh but in, realistically kenny has declared bankruptcy multiple times so it's, yeah. it's thinking about like how did he get how did they let him drive off the lot? Because, like, sure, in name value, it's there, but they have to know, like, okay, his credit score is terrible. He's been washed up. He drove you up some beat up, his beat up Bronco. Like, I don't see. I mean, dealers. And he doesn't have any will, money. Like he he didn't yeah. like he didn't get paid anything. So like, is he going off of like just a hey? I just signed a deal with Tampa. 
and then they're yeah, giving them a car. Dealerships will will fuck people over with their their loan terms and stuff, but like this is a very high risk bid for them to give Kenny this this truck. Any chance yeah. it's stolen? Ooh, but it looked too new to be stolen. Well, what if he just like stole like he just went up to the lot and took the Denali without really saying anything? I mean, I mean I'm sure it's like it's you have to suspend disbelief there and be like, yeah, he can steal a car. But like, I guess this leads to another question. Is Kenny Powers smart enough to hotwire a car and steal? <laughs> Absolutely it? not. Absolutely. That's not. So. No, no, that'd be he'd he'd have to Clegg would have a buddy for that. Well, I, I mean, think. we are we are supposed to believe that he's smart enough to to wire a system where he can basically talk through his Bluetooth throughout like the speakers in his car. Right. That is fair. So like technically like he is an electronics genius or like knows his way around electronics. He, uh, apparently he did that on his own unless he had Stevie do it beforehand. But I guess he could have YouTubed it. He seems like he was, uh, he's resourceful. He'd find out, you know, he's that, that's how we figured out how the Bluetooth connects to his, uh, to the Denali. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're uh, so many questions, so many open-ended yeah. questions here around the Denali. There is, and I, but I don't think Kenny is is trying to game the system to get the Denali at that point because one of the things that many former athletes struggle with, except for the ones who end up making generational wealth and can do this, is continuing to live the lifestyle like they are making six to seven figures a year. Like once the second they retire, that pipeline dries up and most of those guys go broke. A lot of those guys go broke. Right. Kenny mm-hmm. is definitely one of those guys. Kenny spent every dime he had. But the second that Tampa Bay called him, second that Adam Scott let him know that he's got an offer on the table, Kenny instantly went back to the peak of his career and thinking in his mind, I can afford anything. So I, I think Kenny actually did did it did it right by that dealership and threw down his name and his Bronco as a down payment and actually signed a terrible, terrible lease for that Denali. It's a sweet ride. It is a sweet ride. <laughs> it was a very nice car. I mean, I've got he... one more question for you guys. Hit me. It's important. How the fuck did Stevie make it to adulthood? This motherfucker <laughs> is clueless. He, is a he doesn't authentic. have a single social skill in the entire world. Like Stevie is like not charming Forrest Gump. I and have... He is a music teacher. I have at least authentic. How is Stevie not arrested at this point? This guy just commits crimes every fucking episode, and he's still not arrested. I love Stevie, but yeah, you're right. Like, how is this guy still around? Um, because he is not bright at all. Yeah, I mean, I feel like before he met Kenny, he must have just lived kind of a lower, like he kind of lived under the radar a little bit, and we kind of just saw the worst of him being brought out once he was around Kenny. Because I mean, when you first see him, and in, in, you know, kind of the, the, the first episode. Uh, he's, he seems like a nice guy, you know, and he, he see his, his craziness ramps up as the series goes on, but that's because of the influence that Kenny has on him. So I I think he just kind of laid low, you know, he, he was living a normal life and then all of a sudden, maybe that's why he got off of all these crimes because they were like, dude, you, you have like, you have such a clean record. What you, why are you? you know, crashing into boats drunk, <laughs> right? Like, why are you shirtless at parties for no apparent reason? So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give Stevie a little bit more credit. I, I, I think Kenny just was a terrible, terrible influence on him. I think Stevie was always quiet and nice, and no one really scratched the surface on him much and realized that there's some deep-seated issues under there. Sure. 
and he was able to just kind of skate by with his music job at this this middle school and the other teachers thought he was nice but just kind of you know no one's no one's diving deep on on stevie and the second kenny powers lets him out of his shell it it's just bad news from the get-go yeah i mean that goes just goes back to you know they're, they're in middle school right when that's around the time when you're in middle school, your parents are telling you to like pick, hang out with the right crowd. And it's just ironic that, you know, Stevie managed to do that probably through middle school and high school and his adult life. And then once he's teaching at a middle school, he just starts hanging around with the worst type of human <laughs> to, uh, you know, in, in terms of like living a straight edge life. So uh, poor Stevie, but also great sidekick, great assistant. I'd hire him. <laughs> okay, let's, let's roll into best scene. I have four, actually. I have four nominees. Okay. I have I have four as well. Adam oh, I, Scott I have showing one. up. Adam shot Adam Scott showing up oh, is my first one. Yeah, yeah, uh, great scene. A little bit of those vibes he had in Step Brothers, like it's his. He's got this amazing ability to switch out from Ben Wyatt in Parks and Rec to coked out Scumlord, and they both work. Yeah, yeah. that was a really good one. And yeah, I, I felt those Step Brother vibes. As well. I mean, he kind of plays the same guy sometimes, like in movies specifically. And I think it's just because those performances, specifically the Step Brothers one, was so memorable. And like you kind of kind of carries over. So I'm with you on that. And I, I love the fact that they didn't try to make him like this big name or this big time uh, member of the Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay Rays front office. Like he, He's the assistant to the assistant GM. Like he is so low level. And then he thinks he's tough shit, and he probably drops the best line of the entire series when he sa- when he talks about the black card. Yeah, it's um, the best. It's let's leave that one for for Kennyisms or best quote because yeah, I mean I that mean, thing just it that that quote is unbelievable. But yeah, I love everything about when he he first shows. First of all, he just shows up out of fucking nowhere and just like starts dropping like the weirdest like back and forth with Kenny, um, imaginable where he says like he's his dad, and then they say like they're saying like uh let's fuck and then he says let's go fuck these kids and it's like what the fuck (laughs) and like whoa 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 that's too far and they're like yeah 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 Yeah, that's too far all right so you ready to get down with this party i'm ready to fucking butt fuck this all right let's fuck (laughs) let's fuck (laughs) let's fucking fuck each other now yeah let's fucking get down and start fucking (laughs) (laughs) on your knees yeah Kids. Yeah, fuck the kids. That's no, going too far. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not no. gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, okay. that's not funny. That's not funny. kids. Well, look, just it, it's it's an incredible performance. Just incredible heat check from Adam Scott. The next one I have, uh, Clegg and Kenny's farewell. Which this this show, six episodes, all of them under thirty minutes, so just under you know three hours of programming. Two iconic, great cocaine scenes in this season. Which yeah, is they're, just they're taking wonderful. bumps off of a little uh, off of a rifle, and <laughs> and then Kenny puts it in his mouth. I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" It's it, that's not that's also not the last time or the only time that Danny McBride does stuff like that with guns. I, I don't know if you saw or um, from This Is the End when he when oh, uh, James Franco's like, "I'm gonna shoot somebody," and he takes it, sticks it in his mouth, and says, "That's what I thought," which is by the way one of the funniest bloopers out there on the internet, but. Danny McBride must have some weird fetish with sticking pistols or <laughs> or guns in his mouth just for just for shits and giggles. It was it was definitely it was cringeworthy. Yeah, it was it was uh I, I just I really love the Kenny and Clegg chemistry. It's kind of a shame that Ben Best went off the reservation, you know. Hope he's doing well. 
I uh, hope things have, have turned the corner for Ben Best. But I, I love the the Kenny and Clegg dynamic. I, I really enjoy that. I the love when he's like, I, I wish got, there was a way oh. that I could pay you back. And Clegg's like, yeah, you could you could pay me back. <laughs> <laughs> for that he's like, ball. no, 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 no. <laughs> Thought we were splitting that. Yeah. <laughs> the next one I've got is when Cutler shows up at Kenny's house, which I really, really, really enjoy. Cutler. What the fuck are you doing here? Okay. Relax. Let's just relax here. Just t- hold on a second. What's what's the white cloth? Let's for? just calm down. Calm down a second. You're getting ex- excited, and that's not going to help the situation. A lot of people are feeling a lot of things right now. Let's just get our feelings out there, and talk it through and calm down. I've been a little bit upset. I've mostly been out in the woods. It's not normal for me to live out in the woods. I've been going a little bit crazy. Uh, I think maybe I'm just trying to wrap my brain around what it means. When I hear that something has happened between you and April. Look, Cutler, I know you must be torn up knowing that I had sex with your fiance. Wait, no, 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 you didn't have sex with her. That's, you, you didn't say it. No, I heard that you, I just heard you kissed her. You didn't have sex with her. No. Oh, oh God. That's no, a, the, tra- the trash can scene, right? That, that, that was mine. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> so it starts, yeah, it starts off like it's going to be a cringeworthy scene. And it actually is like, there's a bit of a heartfelt nature to it. Because you can see, like, Kenny's just like, you, you know what? Like, April doesn't want me in my bullshit. Like, she wants something steady. And then they, like, they have a moment there. And then when he walks away, he actually has the pistol in his back pocket. Like, then you're like, oh, yeah, this is still eastbound and down. Like, nothing's ever that heartfelt. The music in Kenny's face when he sees Cutler's gun tucked in his <laughs> waistband is incredible. Yeah. He, Cutler goes through so many emotions in like a 30 second span. It's so funny. He goes through, like, he, he has this murderous rage. Uh, within him like he has the chlorophyll on the uh, on the napkin Uh, it's just chloroform to knock you out yeah chloroform and then and then he's completely heartbroken once he once kenny tells him that he slept with april and then immediately happy the second that kenny's like oh she picked you like i mean you know in cutler's defense i guess he just spent three days in the woods uh unbathed Uh, who knows if he's eaten uh, and my God, the, 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 just the looks on his face, though, the range of emotions were, was enough to just make me laugh so hard by the time you saw the gun in his waistband at the he end. He actually Phenomenal. doesn't look too bad considering he's been out in the woods for three days. Like you would imagine like he'd look fucking terrible, but he actually doesn't look that right. bad. He just looks like he lost his mind a little bit. But I have a couple other scenes that I really liked. Um both times that Kenny said goodbye to either his class or the school, um, they both just have moments in there that are classic, whether it's the dollar dollar bills thing, which is just an iconic gift that you can put on Twitter, like that I use all the time on Twitter. It's a top tier gift. Yeah. Or the fact that like he's trying to say goodbye to the class and like that big ass <laughs> truck just stops in front of him. The Shout out truck. Cheerwine, baby. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, and he just, he just keeps going. And then he says like, you're my chinks or like, you're the chinks or something like that. And like, it's entirely, it's like really racist, but like, he's trying to be, a, he's trying to like have a good moment there, but he's coming off severely racist. And then I have the scene with Rachel or with uh, April when they're eating dinner and she breaks it off with him. I just, there's a moment in that scene where she is trying to tell him like, I'm not going and he feels the need to stop and ask the chef to throw some shrimp in his mouth. <laughs> throw the shrimp. I could not stop laughing because he's just like, it's a serious moment. And he's just like, yo, hit me. And, he, and the guy misses. And it's just like, for me, that's like perfect eastbound and down. And then he storms off. 
and is ex- I think he's expecting April to follow him, and she just sits there, and then he's like, "Don't, don't love me when you see me on TV." And then there just so happens to be this random family that is sitting right next to them, completely oblivious to the entire thing that went on. Um, I just loved everything about that. I felt like that really encapsulated what Eastbound and Down was, where it, it could be cringy, it could be over the top. And you still get the best out of Kenny in that little short time between him and April. It's kind of wild how often a Benny Hanna style restaurant it leads to great pop culture, great TV and film moments. Like obviously, there's Benny Hanna Christmas from The Office, which my I favorite think, episode yeah. ever. Yeah, it takes yeah. the cake. Uh, the Benny Hanna scene in Den of Thieves is a, is a big one. Um, I, I think there's there's just a ton of the the flaming onion volcano. Is, is such a catalyst for good pop culture. Right. Yeah. And there's 40 year old virgin. Isn't that in 40 year old virgin? The 40 year old virgin. Yes. The, when first they go date? out first date with the family. Yeah. Yeah. And kids. then there's the Benny Hanna reference in, in Wolf of Wall Street as well. Like it's a loose one, but like there's still some Benny Hanna in there. Like, yeah, good stuff there. Now I want to go have that. Now I want to go like sit at a teppanyaki place and just eat my weight and food. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's COVID approved. Yeah, that's it's definitely that's not gonna be it's like that's the the only place opening after Benihana is like Golden Corral, as far as like being feeling safe eating there. <laughs> Golden <laughs> Corral. Man, I've I've I think I've I've stand for Golden Corral a few times in this fight. I fuck with Golden Corral really hard. Um what is everyone's favorite scene? Ben, guess oh, n- new guy first. What is your favorite scene? The the trash can scene with Cutler. <laughs> Uh, it's just him sneaking up on him and eventually winning that battle. Uh, is you, you, you feel for him, right? Like he's clearly a nice guy, uh, a little weird, but uh, for him to just go through those emotions just had me rolling. Like it, Kenny it, it was so has quick. Ended his life. Yeah, yeah. That, that is my and, favorite. Too. And he was he was ready to murder. He was ready to kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, what about you? I mean, that wasn't on my list, but I I, I think you guys are right. I think that is the best scene. I, I would say. Uh, Pat Anderson's debut um, is right up there as well. I mean, you can't beat that three minutes that you get from from Adam Scott. It is really, really quality stuff. It's good, yeah. Absolute flames. Let's take a quick ad break and then get back with most and least authentic. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so we're back. Uh, most and least authentic parts of this episode. Um, you know, this one is kind of, it, it's kind of out there. I want to go ahead with, with most and say that, listen, like Kenny getting signed 
was not out of the question. Every year, every offseason, there is some old reliever who has refound his like refound his shit. Like it's Greg Holland or it's Trevor Rosenthal. Or it's one of those dudes yep. who yep. is throwing bullpens at driveline and they're like, hey, guess what? Greg Holland's up to 98 at driveline. <laughs> and so like the shit happens all the time. And they get but like at best he's getting an invite to spring training very little guaranteed if like if anything even kenny's dumbass had to know that but like again that's kenny's arrogance but like even kenny had to realize that this was a glorified tryout yeah i mean at at best but I, you know i think he was just riding high on almost killing his arch rival where um i mean it also it also is a little bit believable that you know, if it, if that video went viral, you assume that someone in that crowd was recording it because it was it was a big moment in the city. Um, and, you know, for someone, I mean, maybe it's more of a 2020 thing than it was like, when was this? This was 2009, right? So it might have been a little bit ahead of its time. Uh, in 2020, I, I could believe some team just taking a shot on someone after a viral video, right? And, and yeah, you're right. It might just be an invite to camp it's not necessarily a straight up signing. That's a little bit unbelievable, but I think the that story going viral is very, very believable to me, just in this day and age. Yeah, that's I a mean, good point. I mean, Tim Tebow got an invite to to Mets camp, um, right. and was a minor league in the Mets system, and like didn't play baseball. I'm pretty sure if somebody saw Kenny Powers throwing 101 and taking somebody's eye out, they're like, "Yeah, we'll give him a shot." Like, there'll there'll be some like bottom feeder team. It's like we need to get like some interest in our spring training. Let's give Kenny Powers a chance. I want to take this moment to make a statement for me on this podcast that Tim Tebow sucks and needs to quit his baseball charade. Oh yeah. I he's, just, awful. I just need to, is make he that. still, by the way, is side, is he still d- chasing that dream? Yeah. I, I, I kind of turned quote off unquote the dream. He's chasing the dream of still being a professional athlete. Jesus I don't Christ. Think it was his dream to play baseball. The thing that, <laughs> that rubbed me wrong about Tim Tebow is that most of the guys that he was sharing a clubhouse with are living right around the poverty line. At least a lot of them, they're not making any money. A lot of them didn't sign for any bonuses. And Tim Tebow is leaving on the fucking weekends when, you know, back when this was a thing to go do his college football show. Right. And Saturday night is the biggest night of the the week for minor league teams. And that's just like Friday and Saturday night, the biggest nights. And that is just some fucking bullshit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Tim and I mean, Tebow I, can get the fuck out. I mean, I was, go. I was for sure. I, I thought for sure when the Mets were terrible that they were going to call him up just to get some like people in the stands. I don't think that's going to happen now, especially with the new ownership. But I thought for sure, like at some point, they're just going to call him up for like a cup of coffee, let him get like a night in and then send him back down. But luckily, we haven't been uh, subjugated to that. That would have been a slap in the face to everyone who is who has played minor league baseball. I just also would like to clarify that Tim Tebow, I'm sure, is a lovely human being and has done a lot a lot for charity and is a very nice person, but he needs to quit baseball. Uh who has something for least authentic? Uh I had Stevie not getting arrested at this point. I just I the guy breaks so many laws every episode that he has to be he has to be like on parole or something. Like not only did he take the fall for crashing into the boat. But like he breaks into the, he cracks open all of the um, emergency <laughs> levers in the school and then just like casually hangs out like 
How does he, for one, how does he still have a job before this? And then how is he not arrested? Well, he had put in his, uh, he had quit yeah, his job. Yeah, he put in his two like, weeks. He needs like the mental, isn't it like a 72-hour mental health hold or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, he at least needs one of those. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, that's a good call. Oh, also, for, for most authentic sports scene, I also had Kenny buying a brand new car immediately after the handshake deal. I had that as well. Like, was, yeah, he, he just assumes he has money, so he's just going to go buy whatever he can. And I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of athletes, like... The moment they get any kind of any kind of money, they're like, "We're just gonna go buy whatever the fuck we want." By like, the way, it's it's also not just pro athletes. Like, yes, they do it at a more extreme level. Like for us regular people, when you get a new job, you're like, "You know what? I can afford dinner tonight." <laughs> yeah. Just like spend like, and you, even though you have food in the fridge, so it's like it, I think it's just a human trait. But definitely, him buying a Denali uh, was that just made too much sense it, it, it almost could have been an even more expensive car and i would have bought it yeah i'm surprised he didn't buy himself like a mercedes though. missed opportunity for him not to roll up to ashley schaefer bmw yes and, <laughs> yes. and say schaefer guess what i'm big shit now get me in one of these bmws pre-owned let me, let me get in one of these pre-owned <laughs> bmws <laughs> uh, uh yeah what did you have for least authentic i i the stevie not going to jail thing Okay. Stevie not being in jail is is crazy. Um, and and just kind of a mix of I I it was like a combination of Kenny getting signed on a flyer is authentic. Kenny not understanding that he just this is not even like a job is like not a guarantee job. Is it like Kenny has been around enough to know that he, like again Kenny's hubris his just complete like lack of reality is is very noted at this point but even kenny should know like hey i i shouldn't buy this denali i shouldn't lease this denali and kenny powers is always going to do what kenny powers is going to do that's fair that's fair so what worked Uh, about this one ben i want to kick it to you what worked uh I, i think for me the thing that landed the most was the ending um, you know, just him getting the call, the call fading in and out, Adam Scott dropping in what lines like, I think I need to go see somebody or like <laughs> need to go see something or like, basically take like, some time off, off the Coke or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that part and then just him realizing it, him, you know, taking April, him leaving April at the gas station, it, the show as a whole, as I'm, you know, this, uh, this is my first time going through it. It had this kind of like BoJack Horseman vibe, which is like, which is one of my favorite shows. And it's just very much like it's it's a it's and they hit similar beats, right? It's it's, mm-hmm. it's a washed up, you know, former star who is trying to find their way back, but they always have these moments of very being very very down, right? And sometimes the episodes, especially in BoJack, very you know it's very nihilistic. It very it ends very very sad almost, and th- that's kind of what how this one ended. Uh, and it I actually really enjoyed that aspect because it was like yeah would it have been fine for this to be like almost an entourage-esque season finale where it was like hey everything is all good again yeah and and we probably would have been fine with that but for that for it to be almost a cliffhanger for like well what's kenny gonna do now uh now that he kind of got the rug pulled out from underneath him uh I, i really really enjoyed that ending how did I know that you were going to sneak in an Entourage reference in this episode? Like, Hey, you want to talk HBO? I will find an Entourage <laughs> reference at all Shout times. out J.R. Hickey. Shout out Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... I, Jerry, I think yeah, the, Jeremy, what worked for you? I think the ending is 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 what really 
hit it out of the park for me um, because of the way this series is um, and the way that the, the season went. Like, the fact that they ended it on a sour note and Kenny just kind of being, like, smashed back down to earth um, really just kind of sets you up for the next season and, and also just really brings you back to, like, yeah, Kenny is really not that great of a dude and he probably doesn't deserve good things in his life. Like, this is this is what happens when you are a shitty person and... I, I think it really does hit home. It sucks for April, and it really does. It it's painful to see her come out of that gas station and see that the tr- the the Denali is gone. Her 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 suitcase is uh in, in the gas station. Like that's that's really heartbreaking. But it does kind of hammer the home the point that like Kenny's a shitty person. He's gonna do shitty things. He probably doesn't deserve good things in life. This show would not. It would have been a major misstep to have things work out for Kenny right. at any point in this show. Yeah. Like every he does too many bad things and he's 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 still like even like in his conversation with Adam Scott's character when he's like asking him like are you a changed individual and he tries to play it off like he is and he's like no I'm still a racist homophobe like asshole I need to ask you a very important question and I need you to be 100% motherfucking honest with me okay I don't use steroids no what I need to know is all that racist homophobic talk that you used to be known for has that changed at all? Well, to tell you the truth, I've changed a lot since I left baseball. Learned a lot of lessons and shit. And I'm pretty much, in a lot of ways, a brand new man. But yeah, that stuff is still all the same. Perfect! Perfect! That's what you should think of when you think of Kenny Powers. Like, yes, he's the main character, and you want to feel for him, but he's still a terrible, terrible human being. And he really deserves this. Like, he deserves... To not like to to be made full of like he deserves all this kind of stuff. So I think if they were to like, hey, we're gonna ride off in the sun, sunset into Tampa, you're gonna be a major league baseball. Player. Like, what does he learn? He doesn't learn anything. You know what I mean? So um, I think this is where like you really do get the the nitty gritty of what Eastbound and Down is that Kenny Powers is a shitty person. He doesn't deserve good things. It's the genius of why the show has aged so well because it, it's not like you can cancel this one or it had you know had it's aged poorly because this guy is supposed to be bad. Mm-hmm. The things he says are supposed to be offensive, and you are supposed to not like him for it at the moment. It's not like a racist character from a 1980s TV show that it's supposed to be cool at the time, and you're watching, and you're like, oh, you know, that, that, didn't, that didn't come off well. It's like when Kenny Powers says something super shitty to someone, you're like, yeah, this dude sucks. He was supposed to suck then, he sucks now, and that's the point of the show. And it's, it's a really genius move, and that's why, like, that's why Ben could pick this show up ten years later, and it really hasn't missed a beat. It's not going to miss a beat in you know in twenty years. It's it's it is a perfect TV show idea, honestly. Yeah. So, so something that you you just touched on there, which I, I wanted to ask both of you, is you know how it it it's, it has aged well. Like it, it, Kenny is who he is. He's he's a shitty person. I had this thought every episode, and specifically by the end, do you think? Kenny Powers would have been someone who stormed the Capitol. I'm just saying. Yes. He just seems like it. Well, actually, no. Kenny Powers is way too selfish to go to the... I don't think Kenny gives a shit about anything like that. I don't... That's a fair fair rebuttal. I I, I have a feeling like Kenny Powers would be super MAGA. He would... That that Bronco would be decked out with a a Trump Trump flag. He would rock the MAGA hat. His stepping out clothes would be the Trump hat with his black on black like shirt and pants. Or would he send Stevie to the Capitol? 
I think it's a better question. Ooh. Yeah, see, yeah, he'd actually, do that. That's he right. wouldn't want to go, but he'd be like, Stevie, you need to, to fight my set. Because... <laughs> So Kenny would have done, he'd do like a YouTube channel like that, but Kenny would be going full grift. Like he wouldn't, because Kenny obviously would not be donating to Trump because everything with the, 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 the MAGA movement, you are either a grifter or the grifty. You are being grifted. You are donating your money. Like, if, right. you know, right, like right. it was like the, the Trump's got like the, the Trump campaign or that whole operation netted like $200 million post-election to stop the steal and fundraising. Kenny would be on that side of it. Kenny yeah. would be using this <laughs> to make money in some regard. He would not be donating. He would not really care who's in office. That's and a great he would call. have something in his audio book about like, you know, Kenny, pa- it doesn't matter who the president is. I'm still the baddest motherfucker on the planet or something like that. Yeah. But Kenny would go full grift with this. So he would have tied himself into that in a in a very financially secure way. Kenny would have found some like way to take a photo with Trump and like created merch off of it as a way to try to make some money. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, like he would have had like his own toilet seat covers with him and Trump on it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So actually, this is this will be the last episode we drop uh, during Trump's presidency. So uh, might as well go for it. The thing that uh, that a lot of the people who worked in the Trump administration had in common was it was the only president, the only chance that a lot of these people would get to work in a presidential administration because they would not be qualified or yeah. would be hired by anyone else, like Stephen Miller, uh, Mike Pence's VP. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, like all those people, Kenny Powers might have attached himself to the to the Trump administration just because, and like that whole movement, just because it's the only prominent politician he could really attach himself to. He definitely campaigned for Trump, and then find a way to get into a like into like some sort of position. Like he'd be at a campaign, say his work, like say his famous lines, and then try to weasel his way into some sort of position within the within within the administration. He'd have taken a lot of that, a lot of that campaign finance money. Oh yeah, that, that's what that's what Kenny would have done. He'd been skimming would, off the top. He would have just bought another Denali. <laughs> no, he would have leased that, it. That money never oh, bought. That's right. He would have leased, leased it. it. Yeah, he's he's got to be somewhat responsible. You're right. Right. Yeah, he'd have blown through the money. Kenny probably from the moment he he signed to go into Pro Bowl has probably burned through every dollar he's ever made quickly. Could you imagine the amount of cocaine him and Don Jr. would do? Oh, record numbers. Just record an numbers. insane amount of cocaine. Yeah. Off of various weapons, not just a shotgun. I'm talking <laughs> off of various I don't, I don't, weapons. I don't, I don't, I don't know gun names. Various like skeezy women. Like I, I think they would have had some really like insane cocaine binges. Is Clegg Don Jr.'s cocaine plug? Oh, 100 percent 100 percent Love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, taking it back to the episode, something else I loved <laughs> was uh, Kenny telling Stevie he wanted it to be the best week of his life by making him think that he was coming to Tampa. <laughs> right. He like, kind of slid that underneath. Like, dude, you're an asshole. Like, so you just he, let him believe this? Question I have for both of you. Who gets done the dirtiest this episode? So Cutler gets done dirty by April. April gets done dirty by Kenny. Stevie gets done dirty by Kenny. Kenny gets done dirty by Pat Anderson. Who at the end of this episode has gotten done the dirtiest? Ooh. But let's take stock where everyone is. So Stevie uh, is unemployed, has just committed a crime. So Stevie is in the lowest ranks. Stevie is my answer like, because I think yeah, he's I given up the Stevie most. Too. He's given up his job, probably all his friends who are probably at that school, 
any good standing he has to get another job because he committed a crime to end the end the season and he's become a known associate of one of the most hated professional athletes in the country so i feel like his he, he's got a big big hole to dig out of like does kenny get screwed over a lot probably because he's the protagonist and we feel for him probably but he i think there's still hope for him to kind of land somewhere because he's kind of found his pitch so the Stevie's, only thing Stevie's wrong, screwed. the only thing legitimately wrong with Kenny at the end of the episode is his pride has been hurt and he has assumed more debt. But for him, that's not even a big deal at this point. Again, like yeah. his credit right. score is like a 530. <laughs> if that. And, and I feel like very generous. I mean, April Cutler and Kenny should all know better the way that they've been screwed over. Like, obviously, April should know better because Kenny's a skis ball. April Kenny should, should absolutely know better. Yeah, Kenny should know better because he should know that that's not how the system works in terms of getting a deal. Uh, and Cutler should know better because I, I just feel like writing was on the wall with April. I think Stevie just doesn't know. Like, he's too stupid to know that he's been screwed over and that what he's doing is just ruining his life. I think Cutler kind of gets done the second dirtiest. Because I don't think Cutler was aware enough that things were that bad with April. Like, I don't, because he was so comfortable with Kenny and, like, so much of a simp to Kenny that I Mm -hmm. don't think he was even worried about that at all. Like, that dude started a triathlon happily engaged and finished getting cucked by Kenny Powers. That is a tough go. But, I mean, I feel like on some level he was emotionally separated from April given that... I mean, I think it was the it was the previous episode, right, where he's they're at the barbecue and he's openly flirting with um I'm sorry that girl's that girl's name that Kenny brings yeah Tracy the the, Tracy right and like the open the opening of that episode is you know him and um, April having sex and it's clearly just not going well (laughs) like so there's some emotional detachment there like you from our perspective we're supposed to see it from April's perspective right but I feel like it is from Cutler's as well. And yeah, does it suck that, you know, his fiance cheated on him with Kenny? Absolutely. But at the end of it, he went missing for three days and still had a job when he came back. So I feel like he's, uh, everything's on the up and up for Cutler. Where did he get the chloroform and the gun? <laughs> well, I, the, I mean, man. I'm sure you can find some really weird things in like the, the woods of Hicktown. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's like, I'm sure there's a, a loose weapon laying around or he's probably has one in his car. The one thing that I'm kind of, that I had on my, you're fucking out episode or section was, do you really need to have him missing for three days? Does it add to the drama that he's missing or would it be just as fine? If he comes back, he's at home. He realizes that he's a cuck and April's been fucking Kenny this time. And then he just kind of, he's at home dealing with it. And then he sneaks up on Kenny. I feel like the, the, the missing storyline of him being missing for three days isn't really necessary. Well, wasn't it necessary for so that April had a reason to not go initially? Right? Because yeah, she says she can't well, she, go. Yeah, she says that he's missing, but at the same time, like I feel like she was already having second. Like you don't really need her, him missing to for her to have second. De- like to I have guess doubts you're, about moving to Tampa with Kenny. You're right. I mean, she's she's literally on a date with Kenny Powers at a Benihana restaurant while her fiance has been missing right, for three right. days. So she didn't really, she clearly doesn't care that much. I mean, it's, I think okay. it adds to the manic nature of Cutler though, in that scene when he finally shows up, like it's, it's makes it funnier that he has been in the woods in his triathlon clothes for three days. <laughs> and we do get that iconic line of Kenny telling him to wash his ass. 
Like, yeah. just super. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really nitpicky for me, but, like, I, I just felt like it wasn't necessary. But you're right. Like, it does add to the manic nature of his, of uh, of that scene. So, I, I, I mean, I could do without it, but it, it does work. Uh, the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. Side note, I was going through my childhood baseball card collection uh, this weekend, and I found a Lenny Harris card that I need to do something with. Um, oh. Anyways, can any argument be made for anyone other than Adam Scott? No. 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 No, no, no. Best it, three minutes of the season. Softest it's... of arguments for Cutler. It is a good quality Cutler performance, but this is Adam Scott's lane. Oh yeah, I I don't I don't know if this is Cutler's best performance. Like he's just he's good throughout, right? Like he has his 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 moments, and they're they're all equally funny. This was a step above, I think. But Adam Scott is he crushes it, absolutely crushes it. It's yeah. a perfect performance. It was like Tracy McGrady scoring thirteen points in like ninety seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just coming in and just saying "fuck it," I'm going crazy. Um, so yeah, there's there's no way you can you can say anybody other than Pat Anderson. So let's tie that into Kennyisms or best quote because honorable mention to the quote you mentioned earlier this year or earlier this episode, Jeremy. That black better than gold. Uh, yeah, gold might get you Jonas Brothers tickets. Black involve three of them sucking your dick. <laughs> Not only is that quote incredible, both scummy and funny. It is aged well because the Jonas Brothers are more popular than they They're have back. ever been. Yeah. 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 Resurgence. Who knew? I just Second. love that that's his credential is the black card. Like no no card or like he just feels like I'm going to show the black the black card as his credential. I thought that was that was great. I have a few other ones. I have some Kenny quotes. Yeah. Hit me with the Kenny quotes. R- really hit hard for me. Um, so he says... Uh, when he's in the fight with April at the Teppanyaki place to stop her, he goes, listen here, you beautiful bitch. I'm about to fuck <laughs> you up with some truth. <laughs> like perfect line. And then also the amount of money I'm going to be making will hurt your parents' feelings. Remember class where I taught you all how to make it rain. That's what I'm going to be doing every night. Dollar dollar bills. Y'all just the perfect Kenny quote. Ben, did you have any, any Kenny quotes that, that stood I do, out? I have, you? I have two. So one was, uh, it's, he's talking to April and, you know he's asking her to he's asking her to come with him to Tampa, and she says she can't go. She's like he's and April says my fiance's been missing for three days, and he says don't ruin this good time with that baby's behavior. <laughs> I have that one too. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, th- there's literally a missing human being that you caused, and your initial reaction is just to be like, come on, it's not that big a deal. And I also have when he pulls up to her house uh, in the Denali. And, you know, he's making all his points as to why she should come. And he's leaving. He's like, I'm going to leave. And he goes, I'll be cruising in my Escalade, in my Denali. <laughs> like, it, it, it's so funny because I genu- it genuinely feels like he messed up. And I think that he did. I think that it, they just let it go. And they kept it in the episode because it felt so authentic that Danny McBride messed up what kind of car he wanted to say. But it was so funny the way he cut himself off and corrected himself that they kept it in. So those that that one just that like killed me. So funny. I had two others. Uh the one and in, in I think Jeremy you referenced it when uh when Pat Anderson, when Adam Scott asked him, you know, all the homophobic racist stuff you were famous for and Kenny does the the long spiel about turning his life around and stuff, but then goes, 
yeah, all that stuff is still the same. (laughs) 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 And then when he's talking to Cutler, the, uh, I got the glory, I got the fame, the money, the jewels, the cash, the Denali, getting drunk on the reg, fucking good times on the reg, yachts on the reg, sex on the reg. (laughs) (laughs) Just so good. Just Kenny Powers in a nutshell. And doesn't doesn't Cutler cut him off? He's like, all right, I get it. Yeah, doesn't he, like he also tells like some pretty graphic things about what he's done with April. Like he says, "I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to kiss her kiss her on her pussy. Your fiance. That happened too." Like, what the fuck? Oh God! It's and so then his good. his farewell speech is great too. Like when he's saying goodbye to everybody, he says, "I was your savior. I was your knight in shining armor. And each of you were the chinks in my armor." Upon yeah, each of you were the chinks. You were all the chinks. Remember me, my chinks. And then, like, he's saying, because being a man of my stature, walking here one day was the lowest point of my life. But now I realize that God had a purpose. God wanted to show me hell so that when I got back to heaven, I would finally appreciate it. And for that, I'd like to thank each and every one of you. Just a completely, <laughs> like, dick thing to say. He's trying to be sincere, but he doesn't know how to do it. Um, and just basically just stomping on all these people that have been there for him in his lowest point. It's they Kenny gets a lot of play in this episode like and he does in every episode but they give him a ton of quotable lines in this one yeah also he's still wearing those stepping out clothes man the black on black those are that's his jam is that five of six episodes in the stepping yeah. out clothes yeah awesome that that's exactly what I wanted uh the Kenny being Kenny the best Kenny moment uh the, the most Kenny powers like moment I had two. I had leasing the Denali and buying the Bluetooth is just so painfully Kenny Powers. And then giving that speech to the school and having having his his friend Stevie commit a crime to do it. Is there a <laughs> yeah. better and, Kenny yeah. moment in these yeah. in this episode? Yeah, I would say those and then the the end, like leaving April. Like that's a Kenny moment to to leave her behind and not own up to the fact that you're he's not going anywhere. You know? Like he is running away from his problems again. So that's a perfect Kenny moment. Kenny is a huge run away from his problems guy. Yep. Right. I also think another Kenny being Kenny moment is just him not being that scared that Cutler approaches him at the house. But he turns around and like, yeah, he's a little taken aback, but anyone else in that situation would have been terrified because you're like, oh yeah, this dude's about to kill me. Like I just slept with his wife or his fiance. uh, And like, there's just this arrogance and his confidence within kenny even though he he does sense a little danger uh that that really just stood out to me that he's fine he he understood that he was he's just better than this dude and, that's also from an experience perspective though because that right. was not the first time that kenny powers had been approached in the dark by a man right, exactly he slept with yeah <laughs> exactly. I, I mean i'm i'm throwing my trash can if somebody walks behind like i'm either throwing my or like running into the house like i just i that scares oh, the shit I, out of me. I asked my wife to stand at the door when I take the trash out. I, <laughs> I am irrationally scared of getting jumped while taking out the trash. Yeah, I'm, I am not known for my bravery in any <laughs> circumstance. And, and Cutler showing up would have frightened me. So wh- what is y'all's favorite Kenny moment of this finale? Ben, what is your favorite? You know, it's if it, I keep harping on this, but it, it is the end when he leaves April. Um, it it just shows some redeeming quality about him, but it's also again he's kind of going off to be back alone again and, and kind of be at the bottom to and take it all in by himself. Like he, you know, at the beginning of the series, he has his you know his brother and his sister in law and his nephews and niece and, and and April to some extent, um, and Stevie throughout the series. 
but now he's just kind of going off to uh, to be alone and, and go at it alone. And I think that's just a very, um, it's a very proud moment. It just felt very Kenny to me. Yeah, I, I mean, the ending is really what, it's Kenny Powers in a nutshell. Um, the, the Denali scene is great, um, but the fact that he's just running away from his problems again and leaving behind somebody that really did like come back around to believing in him um, is just Kenny Powers in a nutshell. I think it's the perfect way to to summarize the season and, and end things and kind of set up where we're going in season two. Such a low payoff for poor April. Like she resisted getting back with this dipshit for so long and he fucks her over like two days later. Yeah. Just stunning. Um, I think the speech to the school though is a very, is the most, it's like Kenny at full arrogance. Kenny's been arrogant yeah. the whole year. That is, that is full, full fucking arrogance. So I did have a question about that. So the Bluetooth, his blue, his Bluetooth earpiece connects to his car that he then is projecting out to the crowd. Was did the sound to anyone else sound too crisp? I'm saying sounded- like he had a he had some sort of sound system in the back of the car outside of what you would get off over like your normal speakers in the car. It it just sounded too professional. Like That's you know what I'm how saying? Like, it's too crazy. It's too good when you're on a Zoom call you know, for work now. And even when someone has AirPods in, you can tell like it's obviously better than just someone talking loosely into their, their, whatever their built in microphone is. But there with Bluetooths, I remember there was, whenever you talk to someone who was wearing a Bluetooth, you could, you could hear that they were on a Bluetooth. Right. And his audio on this, and maybe this is just me being an audio nerd and a podcast nerd, but it was just too clear for me where I was like, he's clearly doing something else. He, he couldn't have figured this out that quickly. Uh, just to make a point to this middle school. That That's why you're a better podcast producer than me, because that whole <laughs> that shit just flew right over my head. I mean, let's not doubt that Denny that uh, that uh, Kenny picked the the most souped up Denali as far as audio. Like they probably, That's probably true. Okay, you know who had the best? Like everyone in this show got fucked over except the salesperson who leased Kenny that Denali, because Kenny walked through the door. Oh, yeah. and that guy was like, "I got a fucking mark." dibs yeah and yeah. he just upsold the living shit out of kenny because kenny was like yeah you know i got you know just got signed with you know tampa bay and that guy was like well a, a big leaguer doesn't need this you know this base denali a big leaguer needs this you know this, this souped up sound system and these tires and and kenny just ate that shit up that guy had yeah he heated seats life. heated seats for florida too even though you don't need them he definitely got he got taken for a, for a ride <laughs> That guy went to Benihana the next night after Kenny and April and bought everyone shots. Just got wasted because Benihana is probably the spot in that town. Oh, yeah. And he probably got the good chef who could aim properly while throwing shrimp into his mouth. What a terrible throw by that chef. Terrible throw. Guys, big cringe. What's the cringiest part of this episode? Jeremy, I'll I'll kick it to you on this one. Uh, I have both Stevie um, scenes where he's saying that he's moving to Tampa in the class. With with Kenny and Ke- and Kenny just kind of agrees, and then when Kenny tells Stevie that he's not coming, like those are just really cringeworthy moments. Um, I mean, we've talked about this uh, about Stevie many times on this on this pod, but I mean, he is really uncomfortable to watch, and then he's telling the kids while he's walking out of the class in that first scene where he's gonna he's like. He's going to set up some pussy appointments for Kenny. He's going to go to Tampa and suck on some titties. Like, it's just like, how is this guy not in jail? Like, we say this over and over again. Like, this guy is doing some really crazy shit in front of children 
How the fuck is he not in jail? So, Ben, Jeremy and I have gone back and forth on Stevie this year, uh, this this okay. season. Yeah. Jeremy's a big Stevie guy, has been a fan. I was I was very, very meh on Stevie this entire season. I remembered Stevie being much funnier. He has been the one thing that I've very much soured on in this rewatch. Where did you fall in terms of the appreciation of Stevie Janowski? Like, I will say, you don't have three se- three more seasons of... Uh, of retrospective, but where did you fall in terms of how do you felt about Stevie? I, you know, I enjoyed him. I thought initially that he was going to be an enemy of Kenny because when he catches Kenny, I think it's like episode two or three where he catches him in the parking lot in the morning, basically taking some drugs in his car. And he said, he like says, you know, Kenny under his breath, kind of in a, in a maniacal way, like he's going to, you know, be an enemy and, and rat and basically narc him out. So, it was pretty much based on my expectations. It was a 180 where he didn't knock him out and, in fact, was an encourager of his bad behavior and became his sidekick and assistant. So I was pro Stevie, more or less. I do agree with Jeremy that in this episode, when he gets told he's not going, very, very cringeworthy. Not my biggest cringe, but that was definitely on my list as well. Of That sucked to watch because you knew it was coming. You, just, you knew it was coming. I'll maintain that I like Stevie was a good vehicle for good Kenny comedy. Like the my, probably my favorite my favorite single shot of season one is when Stevie comes to and looks through his cracked windshield and there's <laughs> Kenny staring at the other side and you know instantly what's about to happen <laughs> that Kenny is going to have him take the fall for this for this wreck. Uh, everything with Stevie was cringy in this episode though. Uh, Cutler seeing Kenny in April outside is brutally cringy. Feels so bad for Cutler. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not a great. It's not his greatest episode. He's he's riding high, uh, pretty much until he runs this triathlon, and it does go down a little bit. But again, it, I don't feel like it's not that steep of a drop off. Like, yes, did he lose a fiance? Yes, he still has a job as the principal, so it's you know. I think he's uh, he's gonna end up okay. So Ben, what is your cringiest moment? <laughs> Mine was them doing the coke off the shotgun. Was anyone else <laughs> just <laughs> frightened? That, like, because I got caught off guard in the previous episode with uh, with the pitch off. I was like, oh man, he's gonna he's gonna strike this dude out. And all of a sudden, an eyeball was just out loosely in the world, and I was like, what is happening? And so I was like, something weird is gonna happen, especially when they pulled out the shotgun. And, like, I didn't think Kenny was going to die, but I definitely thought there was a chance that somebody you could die. You thought we might or be like losing just, Yeah. I thought there was a horrific accident was about to happen, and the whole time I was, I was getting ready to click pause. Because I was like, if, if I hear any semblance of a bullet going off, I'm hitting pause and I'm looking away for the rest of the scene, because that is fucking wild. Jeremy, what was your cringiest moment? Oh, I had the Stevie moments. I had Stevie... Um, Saying that he's going to Tampa and Stevie saying that, and then Kenny telling Stevie he's not going. Those are just I, I super think I can agree. I think I'll agree with that. Everything with Stevie. Uh, let's get to the last one. Is this a Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer Eastbound and Down episode? Ben, I'll kick it to you. I'm going with All Star. I think it was really, really good. Um, I think, I think with season finales in general that when they're creating these episodes, they always have to have either a, like a way to button up 
you know, the main story of the whole season or like leave a cliffhanger for season two. And they're always kind of pushing towards that. So I feel it's, it's not as, um, there's not as, they don't have as much freedom, if you will, to kind of make the episode, uh, what it's about, what it is, or like kind of focus on the comedy or the drama. So that being said, this was a really, really good episode. Um, again, the ending for me is really what took it to another level. The Adam Scott appearance is, is phenomenal and just a really, really solid Kenny effort. Um, but I, I, you know, it's, it's a shade below, uh, you know, being, being excellent in my opinion. Jeremy, what about you? Oh, I agree. I think it's all-star. I don't think it's a hall of fame or even close to the rush war. I think it's just a very solid one. Um, there's a lot of really great moments. Um, and it does set you up for the next season. It does a really great job of kind of letting you think about what's going to happen to Kenny going forward. So, um, for a season finale, I thought this was great. I'll agree. I thought it was a very good season finale. I think it's an all-star episode. Uh, so that leaves us, Jeremy, if I, if I am doing the count correctly, I believe that leaves us with two Hall of Famers. So right. that'd be the, the pilot, and that would be... Uh, Feeling in my plums. Feeling in my plums, so chapter five, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think two all-stars and two starters? I think one was close to a bench warmer. There might have been one. I think it might have been episode three that we had like a debate about it being a starter or a bench warmer. Yeah, was that that was that the that wasn't the barbecue, was it? No, no, I think it was the one before that. Because the second episode is Ashley Schaefer. The third one, it's when he the third one's when he's like selling all his yeah, stuff. Yeah, the third one's right? when he's selling all his stuff. The fourth one's the barbecue. The fifth one is, um. Gets his pitch back, and then there's this one. So I would say, like, I think it was the third one where we were like, it's borderline, like, bench warmer kind of starter. Like, yeah, a, it was kind we of had filler. it as like a, a number four, number five starter. Yeah. 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 Ben, as a first time watcher, is this a Hall of Fame all star starter or bench warmer season of TV for you? Oh, wow. Uh, I think I've got to go. I think I got to go Hall of Fame. Uh, I thought it was really, really excellent. Uh, and again, just kind of watching it for the first time and experiencing it for the first time, I think they, I felt all the emotions that they wanted me to feel just kind of about Kenny, uh, about his journey. Like I, Kenny, Kenny Powers is an asshole, <laughs> right? Like yeah. he's, he's one of the biggest asshole protagonists I've ever seen in television. And, th- and I say that as a good thing, uh, because again, there's just moments throughout the whole series where you're like, what the, what is wrong with you, dude? Like just be a normal human being. But you realize he's incapable of that because he's a pro athlete kind of coming down from the high of being a pro athlete. Um, and I think it was just really, really good storytelling from from top to bottom. Really, really funny stuff. I mean, the the inclusion of Will Ferrell uh, as Ashley Schaefer was was mind. I, I, prior to this, as some background, I'd only the only Eastbound Down experience I'd had was I'd watch. Uh, from time to time, these Will Ferrell bloopers on YouTube, just like all his bloopers. And this was one of them that was on there. Like the, I feel it in my plums and watch it. If you watch closely, uh, Craig Robinson is, he's barely hanging on. He's hanging on for dear life uh, from breaking. And it's, it's, it's incredible. So all that being said, uh, definitely a a hall of fame season for me. And it's definitely going to keep me watching uh, for the rest of the series. Ben, I am glad that you could join us for this. I'm glad we had a, a first timer in here. Uh, Jeremy, this was great. We crushed yeah. the season. I, I enjoyed rediscovering this show. 
Yeah, I'm always down to do season two. I, I love talking to La Flama Blanca. So if you if we want to do season two, uh, make sure that you hit us up on social so that we can we can get together and do it. Yeah, listeners, holler at us if you're wanting season two. Uh, remember, get those questions in. Get those listener questions in for next week's episode. Uh, guys, where can you find two jabronis with the wrestling podcast? Ben, you want to tell them? Oh, yeah. This is usually your job on the show, but let me, let me try it out. Uh, you can follow Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast on Twitter at Two Jabronis Pod. Uh, is that right? Yes. Jay? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, you can follow Jeremy on Twitter. That's Jeremy A. Loss. And you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's Cruise Control, Control with a K. Oh, you said it right. I did, yeah, I've, I've listened to you do it enough, so I, I should have that down. <laughs> and, and make like, sure you can, get, you can catch Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast feeds. Uh, we usually record Wednesday nights and drop that on Thursday. Um, we're available on uh, Apple, Spotify, all that stuff. We are part of the Blue Wire Network. We also have a Patreon show that we drop on Thursdays, uh, or on Fridays, sorry, where we do a retrospective into The Rock's career. Right now, we're in the the, the meat of it in the, in the late 90s, which is just prime uh, rock season. Like everybody, we're, we're talking about him in the corporation, the rock and sock connection, all that kind of stuff. So if you love love the rock like we do, we do do a Patreon episode every third or every Friday. And, and Kyle, consider this an invite for when uh, come. You should come on the Patreon and talk a rock movie with us. Well, we don't know how we're going to handle it yet, but I think we we definitely have to talk rock movies. Like yeah. it's not just going to end when his career ends. But you've got to come on, whether it's a sports movie or not. We, we'll, we're we're going to task you with coming on and talking to us. Maybe it's Squ- Scorpion King. No, Maybe no, no. It's... We can even do like we can do a pod where it's like we rank our top five rock movies oh that's good too yeah and like that's also we good. all know that the rundown's gonna be number one because i was ab- okay that's great so i was about to say the rundown is the movie i want to <laughs> talk very about good. i fucking love the rundown the rundown is still really damn good yeah it's excellent and he plays it's, an ex-football player in that in that movie <laughs> so loosely a loosely a sports movie yeah so there it is. Well, the, Kyle, the you're coming on that show to talk. Of the rundown where he goes into the club and he has to get the guy's ring for collateral and he beats the shit out of all the football players is just, it's so good. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Shout but this out is the, the open rundown. invite. This is the open invite for you to come on the show and talk The Rock with us because we're having way too much fun on that show talking about The Rock for like an hour, but you got to come join on some of this movie fun. I'm holding you guys to this real, real soon. Uh, folks, if you enjoyed this rewatch of Eastbound and Down if you enjoyed Season 1. Remember, subscribe to Big Screen Sports wherever you get your podcast. Rate, leave a review. New episodes drop every Monday. Uh, let us know what you want the game plan to be. Have a couple movies lined up for February, but would love to jump back into Season 2 if that's what you folks want. Holler at us on Twitter at Big underscore Screen Sport, my personal Twitter, at Kyle Banduho, or on the Big Screen Sports Facebook group. We'll catch you next Monday with some listener questions. Thanks for listening. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.